Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. On today's show, it ain't only rock and roll if the Rolling Stones are doing augmented reality. Nestle gets a little weird, maybe a little Willy Wonka on us. Square closes like a trillion more dollars in funding. And we're joined by co-founder and CEO of Session M, Lars Albright, who gives us a little bit of mobile advertising advice. So come, take my hand. We're riding out tonight. everybody and welcome to episode number 96 of this week in location-based marketing we're recording this live on one of the greatest days in rock and roll history september 23rd 2012. man my name is rob woodbridge from untether.tv with me as always from his home office in toronto ontario canada who's that guy right there it's a Seath Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. And uh, yeah, you can find us at the LBMA on the Twitter or also on the dot .com. And uh, yeah, I, I guess it's one of the greatest days in rock and roll history. Bro. Oh, oh, well, I just... Tell us oh. Oh, oh, right, yeah. Springsteen. This man, okay. the messiah of rock and roll, the greatest living legend in the music industry, turns 63 today. Not only that, he celebrated his 63rd, he rang in his 63rd birthday playing in New Jersey uh, until 2 o'clock in the morning at his concert last night. Uh, unbelievable. The man is 63 years old. He's putting on four-hour shows, and I wish a huge happy birthday to Bruce Springsteen, the man. If you caught the reference at the beginning of the introduction, you know, so come take my hammer riding out tonight to case the promised land. That's that's a Thunder Road lyric. Yeah. I, and I'm also wearing my uh, classic, It Ain't No Sin to Be Glad You're Alive. We are celebrating Springsteen heavy today. Asif just doesn't know. This is not about location-based marketing. This is about Bruce Springsteen's career. <clears throat> he was born on yeah. this day. No. Yeah, I just had to get that out. It is birthday. We, uh, you know, I, oh Jim Cuddy. He's right. no yeah, Jim no, Cuddy, okay. right? But but you know what? Uh, we have celebrated. We have celebrated. We have actually on this episode. Things happen on Sundays because uh, I heard word uh, that Clarence Clemens had a stroke while we were actually doing a podcast. You remember that? And yes. then I heard that he died. The following Sunday when we we're actually doing a podcast. So uh, we have like a, the Sundays of the history now. I don't want to hear about Bruce Springsteen's death. I just want to enjoy his birthday at 63. And he will be in Ottawa on October 19th. And I can't wait to see him. So I'm done with that. Asif. This is the podcast, the video podcast, the television show you come to, to learn about all the things that are necessary, all the things that are important in the location-based marketing world. Where Asif and I try to fill in the cracks so that you don't have to stay on top of all this news. You just pick it up on a Monday morning in a podcast form. Listen to us on double speed. We do sound better on double speed. And it only takes half as long. But you get all the news you need about the location-based marketing world right here on this very short podcast. And uh, before we dump into what is a crazy week, we've got Rolling Stones news, which is pretty incredible. They're going to live forever. Got Craft Five Guys working together with Foursquare and uh, Facebook, Feeding America. We've got uh, a launch of a company, huge funding. We got some great resource. But before we get into this, we're going to talk about you and FMSU in Chicago, Asif, this past week. Yeah. Um, so I was I, I was on the road for an extended period of time. Um, we talked about my uh, my Denver uh, trip uh, last last week, and uh, then I moved on to Chicago for. FSMU, the Food Service Social Media Universe Conference, uh, where some of the greatest restaurant chains in North America gathered, uh, along with some of the fantastic, uh, amazingly agile minds in the mobile and uh, 
location and social worlds. And uh, yeah, big powwow, lots of good sharing. Uh, you know, some of my idols uh, were there: Aaron Strout, Chuck Heyman, Jay Bear. Uh, you know, some of these guys are just uh, you know are just amazing to listen to, and you can you know you, you can you can just take it all in and, and, and go away feeling like you, you've got new energy. So it, it was really amazing. You know, I think the, the big takeaway for me this week was just seeing that, the, you know, a lot of the restaurant chains um, are, are actually moving forward now from a year ago when we was at the same conference. You know, there was a lot of hesitation. You know, we're not sure what's going on with mobile location. We don't even know what's going, you know, what to try. But, you know, a year later, a lot of people have tried things, um, have seen some success or, or not. But uh, there's definitely uh, been some movement, and 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 people are moving ahead. And the other thing I saw heavily um, is uh, you know a big focus on you know analytics and measurement and looking at the, some of those tools out there like Venue Labs and Moment Feed and Shoutlit and some of these things. I just wrote a piece about it actually uh, that I'll air in uh, Street Fight Mag uh, this coming week, uh, I think on Wednesday. Um, but you know, the, you know, sort of these these measurement tools for looking at and tracking location-based engagement and check-ins and aggregating all that content. And the restaurant industry is really getting behind that kind of stuff. So, lot, lots of good learning. Was there so the key takeaway was that the focus on analytics is actually on return on investment. The things that they're actually tracking this stuff now, which is very important. They're tracking it. I wouldn't say so much return on investment yet. I mean, people are still in an experimentation yeah. phase. But there's definitely a focus on measuring and, and tracking and, and monitoring and seeing what's going on with this stuff. Not just, you know, oh, let's just do a Foursquare campaign and see how many people come and, you know, whatever. Um, it, you know, it's 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 a lot. There's a lot more rigor to it than uh, than there there might have been a year ago. Oh, I remember those experimentation days in high school, Asif. That's what it's like, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even Springsteen was 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 uh, was kind of fueling that for you, I assume. So, yeah. Exactly, a man crush. I fully admit that I have a man crush on Springsteen. I'm happily married. <laughs> man crush on Springsteen. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting that uh, that that you know, I love these conferences that are so uh, hyper targeted towards these industries. Um, but I love the fact that the the language that they're using, and that's what it sounds like to me, that the language that they're using is is um, much more advanced than it was a year ago. Because I think we were very concerned a year ago about this industry, and and it seems that maybe they're not quite there, but at least they're talking the right language this time around. And they've yeah. got the right guests, obviously speaking with you guys being there. So who else? Sure. Who else is going to be there? That's cool. Uh, where to next? Anything for you? Um, where else can we we get some uh, you know some feedback about some of these conferences that you're going to? Well, I'm uh, I'm heading down to LA on Tuesday for a, a quick little trip uh, to participate in Social Media Week uh, LA, uh, which is this whole week is Social Media Week coming up. Um, so yeah, I'm down there at, actually talking about the same kind of analytics stuff uh, with a uh, Wish Outlet, which is one of the companies in this uh, in this group of companies we're talking about. So. You know the, the the conversation continues, and then I'm back in Chicago the week after for uh, a retail industry event called Ramp, um, and that'll be huge. Uh, you know, every major retailer, it, and it's the first public um, uh, first public uh, presence and, and uh, keynote by the MCX uh, organization, the Mobile uh, uh, Merchant Customer yeah. Exchange, which is led by Walmart and and those guys around mobile payments. So we'll, it'll be very interesting to see what they have to say first. Well, I can't wait. I mean, I love getting these first-hand reports about the the, uh, the things that your takeaways from these conferences is really important, really great insight. So we will keep doing this. And if you guys have any feedback, you know how to reach us. I'm not going to hit you with emails. You, you guys know if this is your first time. Uh, check out the website, untether.tv or thelbma.com and uh, reach out and let us, let us know if, if these little segments are valuable. Um, 
certainly. It's either this or I, I would have spent five minutes talking about Bruce Springsteen. So I think that you got much more value out of this. And for you Springsteen fans, <laughs> hang on till the very end. All right, well, what, what do you say that we dive into the stories of the week? We got five, five stories. Uh, and you know what? Oddly enough, we're not even going to talk about the iPhone 5 release because I think that's been done to death. We'll, t we'll pick it up a little bit um, in one of our funding stories. But uh, it is out there. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm carrying one and it is a great device. That's all I'm going to say, right? Um, why don't we jump into our five stories? Let's do it. Well, this, this first one uh, is, you know, typical. Like, I think that the Rolling Stones stopped being a rock and roll band. And they, when they became, there was a great uh, article about them. I don't even know if it was in Rolling Stone magazine. It may have been. It may have been in Business Week. Who knows when it was. But this is a $1 billion plus dollar corporation, the Rolling Stones Corp, right? They make so much money on all their merchandising. They are more advanced than a lot of uh, bands. And they're no longer a band. They're a corporation. They've lost the kind of rock and roll edge that they once were. And Mick Jagger and Keith Richards will now live forever because they are what? They're involved in a little bit of augmented reality. Not really them, but this is a pretty cool thing for the Rolling Stones. I like this. I do too. It's really interesting. So they have a new album coming out, a Greatest Hits 50th Anniversary. Oh, that is crazy. That is crazy. These guys have been going. It's called Gurr. And, it's because um, that's all they can say. It's that, like, grrr, grrr. I wish I could speak. Grrr, yeah. Uh, anyhow. 15 um, years. Yeah, so they put this thing out, and uh, they're working with Erasma, which is uh, one of the big uh, augmented reality uh, players out there. And so uh, launched this thing last week, September the 20th. Um, and basically, if you've got a smartphone with the Erasma app, um, the, the sort of the, the graphic image around this album is a King Kong um, King Kong style gorilla, and basically what they've done is is because it's it's the 50th anniversary, they've picked 50 cities, um, you know, one for each year the band has been around, 3,000 different locations, and you know, uh, famous buildings, uh, the Sydney Opera House, the Empire State Building, etc. And you know, if you're in one of those places, you can hold up your uh, your phone uh, with the Erasma uh, app on it. And you can see the, uh, you know, the gorilla, you know, on the building, uh, like King Kong. And you can basically, you know, capture that, take a photo of it, tweet it out, and, you know, for a chance to win prizes and, and whatnot. It's iPhone and Android uh, supported. Uh, so it's kind of a, a neat way to sort of build some fan engagement around, you know, celebrating the 50th anniversary and, 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 the, and the release of the new album. This is a, uh, it's a pretty cool thing. I'm just pulling up the website right now and you, you'll see it as it comes up. It just takes a little bit of time to load. But uh, the Rolling Stones GUR, it's a big, it's a big gorilla and uh, with uh, the Rolling Stones lips on it. I love it. It's just, these guys uh, are um, innovators in their own right. They, they are business people first and foremost and God love them for doing this and God love them for, for embracing this kind of technology. Um, I don't know how this is going to work, but uh, I love the Rolling Stones for doing this. And make no bones about it. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's all about fan engagement. Um, you know, you, you, so you take these photos. Uh, they get posted up to an interactive photo wall uh, on on the official band uh, website. Um, the top 50, uh, I don't know how they're selecting the top 50, but, you know, the top 50 are basically going to get, you know, walk away with swag and, and prizes and, and whatnot. And there's apparently two two special prizes um, that uh, I haven't seen any detail around, but you know, I guess there's two grand prizes or something. 
um, you know, probably like you get to go on tour with the band or something, you know, for, you know, <laughs> wherever they're going, who knows, something crazy like that. Um, Classic. I, I'll, yeah. I'll volunteer. Probably got to be, my guess is if that's the prize, you got to be better looking than Robert. Right? Yes. And you, you have the opposite gender. Yeah, probably. Absolutely. Probably yeah. a little younger as well. I'm just, yeah. uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to stereotype, but, uh, yes, I, I totally a hundred percent agree. Um, yeah. Well, so the Rolling Stones jumping into augmented reality. This is uh, probably the biggest brand, uh, certainly getting into this, like biggest consumer brand uh, in the Rolling Stones. We're going to see how this goes. We'll, we'll be monitoring this. And if anything comes of this, we'll let you know, of course. All right. So getting from uh, weird to a little bit creepy weirder, but cool concept. Here's a company called Nestle. Um, and uh, they are... This is Nestle UK. They're putting a GPS. They're embedding a GPS in the packaging of uh they're chocolate bars and uh called and they're calling this a golden ticket and this don't you find this a little bit like willy wonka on the chocolate factory kind of deal i think that's what they're going for um it, it's uh you know i i really really like this thing i you know I, I actually don't think it's all that creepy i think i think people you know i, I talk a lot on this show when we talk about privacy issues around the, the importance of value you know, and, and relevance to the individual consumers. And to me, this meets that equation. Th this is saying, look, you know, participate in this contest, buy these chocolate bars, buy, buy more chocolate bars for a chance to, for this to happen. And, 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 you know, everything's signed, you know, well around this campaign. You know what you're yeah. doing. Uh, and, and you're actually, you're trying to win this thing. And, and you know when you win, what happens? That, you know, you know this, this GPS uh, chip in the thing is going to trigger... Uh, you know, some people to come track you down and, and give you a prize. Hold so, on, before you, I've got so a video. Let's run this. It's a short forty-five second video that yeah. kind of describes it, and then we're going to get into and uh, get into our opinions about this, which is uh, which is very interesting. So here's a, here's a little clip from from the video. In the very near future, someone somewhere will purchase a chocolate bar. The bar will be equipped with a GPS signaling device. When activated, it will beam a signal into space, bounce off a satellite, and return to Earth. This will alert a secret control room who will scramble a crack team of highly trained individuals. They will board a helicopter, find the special bar, and give the owner 10,000 pounds. Cue girly scream. Find a special GPS bar of Kit Kat Aero or Yorkie, and we will find you. So... Basically, <laughs> you open up the package, it triggers a GPS, and these guys from helicopters come streaming down and hand you a briefcase full of, full of cash. That's basically it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, so, I mean, again, I like this one. I, I, I hear you on, a little, on it being a little bit creepy, but I think the value, uh, there's enough value here. So, so, there, so there's six prizes. Six uh, of the brand's chocolate bars uh, are, are going to be triggered this way. It's multiple brands of chocolate bars. So it's Kit Kat, uh, uh, Kit, Kit Kat Four Finger, uh, Kit Kat Chunky, Arrow Peppermint, um, Yorkie, um, I don't know what else, something else. Uh, but anyways, th th there's a bunch of different brands uh, in here. So you don't have to just go buy Kit Kat if you don't like Kit Kat. I'm sure there's one of those that you can, you can, uh, you can get away with. Um, the interesting thing about this is they're targeting, uh, they think this is, uh, from a demographic perspective, they think this is going to attract men. Um, yeah, why is that? Which I think is interesting. Um, you know, they, they, they seem to be thinking, you know, this is a great way to, uh, you know, to help grow their, uh, their male demographic. Why, why do they, why do they think it's for well, men? 
I don't know. Uh, you know, I guess they think, you know, technology-wise and whatnot, you know, men are more inclined to, uh, you know, kind of accept something like this. But, but I don't know. I'm just going on based on what the press release says. I don't, I don't understand completely that, but that that's what they're saying. They think this is going to appeal to men. Well, I mean, I could see myself doing it, so, you know... Um, but, you know, I'm not going to go out of my way necessarily to go and buy, you know, 10 extra chocolate bars this week just because, no. um, you know, I do eat chocolate. So, you know, I, I, I may be more likely to buy one of their chocolate bars when I go into the store to buy a chocolate bar. Um, so, so I get that aspect of it. Um, but we'll, we'll see where this goes. Um, they're also, so it's not a standalone campaign. The other thing I like about this is they're integrating with some other media. So they're running a, um, a a poster campaign as well, um, two week out, out, outdoor uh, poster campaign, three thousand posters. The posters also have NFC uh, chips and, and QR uh, uh, pieces embedded in them that direct smartphones to a mobile landing page, uh, and then so from there you can you can enter a secondary contest um, for two thousand prizes uh, of uh, of ten euro as well. So much smaller prizes, but uh, you know sort of you know complementary engagement model let's call it around the the actual GPS which is which is quite nice I mean you know 10,000 pounds is a uh, not, nothing to sneeze at no I'll take it uh, and uh, you know there's a great comment that I saw in one of the uh, one of the uh, posts that said listen you would <laughs> these GPS these crack GPS teams that necessarily is going to be deploying when something gets triggered are going to be finding all of these uh, wrappers in the garbage cans it's going to be the biggest <laughs> the biggest uh, debacle because all everybody's going to be tossing these before they even know that they've won or not and I think that this is and uh, the other thing is that it's timed right Every, it's 24 hours it will happen within yeah. 24 hours, and nobody knows what happens if they miss that 24-hour thing. But uh, I'm really interested to see this. I hope that they capture these on video when they surprise people with uh, with 10,000 yeah. pounds. So good, you know. This is this is really, as you said, the full the full loop on this, and uh, it mixed media and uh, and a whole lot of money just to convince you to to basically eat a Kit Kat. You know, I eat those willingly, voluntarily. Yes, but so <laughs> exactly. So, well, that, that's cool. Okay, well. Uh, you know, if if uh, if you're in the UK and uh, you're you are participating in this, uh, let us know. Have you bought? Is this influenced your decision to go and buy a chocolate bar that you would normally not buy? Um, and I'm not saying that the the you know Kit Kat to the Kit Kat chunky, not that. But if if you're not a, a Kit Kat eater, are you going to give up your Cadbury Dairy Milk, UK people? Your Cadbury to go and buy a Kit to go Kit. buy That's Nestle. what I want. We'd love to know. And if you are one of those winners, we'd love to know as well. Please reach out on tether at gmail.com or see at the lbma.com all right third story uh, you know a, a weird thing big brands uh this is um we have just in in ottawa we have a couple of these and i know that they're everywhere in the states and, and in toronto and, and across canada five guys burgers uh which is basically uh the greasiest sloppiest greatest Best soggiest burger you, yeah, like, out there. yeah it's like it's like meat cooked in meat fat dripping with like extra meat. It's the bag of peanuts that you get, though, that really solidifies the deal. It's true. I think. It's true. It's true. It keeps all those people that are allergic to peanuts away from the burgers, right? So you know, you know what kind of people they are, right? The the guys that are allergic to nuts. <laughs> so five guys yeah, working yeah. with uh, with Kraft, uh, working with uh, Feeding America, working with uh, Foursquare, working with Facebook. This is a big undertaking to feed people who uh, for who don't have enough money to feed themselves. Yeah, uh, th this is a really, really great initiative. I love the combination here. 
Um, you know, it, you know, I like I love Five Guys. I think I think it's a phenomenal burger chain. Um, you know, I, w- I wish I could go there more often. Uh, <laughs> and if I and, and if I could go there, you know, and know that I'm going to support. Uh, you know, feeding America or, or, you know, getting somebody a meal who ordinarily couldn't, uh, you know, that's just yet another reason to go. Um, not that I need one, but yet another Best reason. Best line ever. I wish um, I could go there more often. Yeah, there, there you go. So so the way this works is, uh, and by the way, this is a campaign that's being run by Place Punch. Uh, great guys over there. Um, uh, we had them on the show way, way, way back when, uh, even before they got bought by Silver Pop uh, down in Atlanta. But uh, f- phenomenal company. And um, so, so the way this works is you go to any five guys and you check in. And when you check in, uh, they, they donate a meal uh, to Feeding America for every customer who visits a five guys location. And uh, it's even, it gets even better than that. Uh, in addition to you just checking in and having a meal donated because you did that, you also get a coupon for a package of Kraft American cheese slices. I mean, come on! This is a double double win for for the consumer. Uh, so, and the targets are are nice too. They're looking to do uh, donate a hundred thousand meals. Uh, it's a two week long campaign. Uh, you know, this is just a, a great combination. And and what I really really like about this, you know, and sort of tie it back to the previous story, Rob, is is that the manufacturers now are seeing the value in these location based uh, platforms. You know, here we have Kraft jumping in. Five Guys could have done this on their own. They didn't need Kraft. Um, but here you have Kraft jumping in and saying, you know, no, we want to we want to get our brand in front of the consumer via, you know, the you know the you know this partnership with with uh, with Five Guys. You had Nestle jumping in and saying, no, no, we want to we want to you know deal directly with the consumers and talk this stuff. You know, we don't need to go through necessarily the retailer or whatever. Um, to to push it on our behalf, and that's really the power of, of location-based uh, marketing. Is these platforms give the CPG companies and, and the manufacturers direct con- one-to-one conduit with the consumer uh, that they never really had before. They were always relying on the restaurant chain or the retailer or the you know whoever to kind of push their products for them. Um, and now you have this kind of channel, and, and we're starting to see. The fruits of that, you know, in these kinds of campaigns. So I really, yeah. Like and you know, this is this is a uh, a craft led. Obviously, as you said, this is craft led. So if you go to craftcheese.placepunch.com, I mean, it, it is uh, this this is absolutely one hundred percent led by these guys. And we saw this in the pop industry, right? Where it wasn't the restaurants yes. that were pushing pop forever, right? It was always the pop industry that was creating demand for their for their beverage, and then the restaurants would would feed that demand. But this is the the uh, we're seeing that now in, in this kind of thing with with craft and. Uh, and that's uh, and Nestle beforehand. I, th- I think this is pretty cool. They they need to do this, right? It's very competitive out there, and they need to do these things. So, um, and this is a great, uh, you know, it, it involves everything that you can possibly imagine in location-based marketing. Everything, benefit to everybody, and then uh, you know, a side of charity, right? It's exactly what it is. All right, our fourth story. I have uh, another video on our fourth story here. This is a a product launch or a company launch called. Um, this is Loyal Blocks, right? Should we should I roll the video just so that there's a there's a yeah. good pers- My name is Caitlin and I'm the assistant manager at Nandouche on Madison Avenue. We serve all organic, healthy Mediterranean cuisine. Loyal Blocks is very easy. It's an automatic punch card. It's on your phone. You walk in, you come up to us, it punches you in right away and that's it. You don't have to do anything besides just look at the phone. 
when we use Loyal Blocks, your first time coming in, you can get a free soup. And every 10 times you come, you get a free meal. Loyal Blocks is a great way for Nanoosh to manage its loyalty club. It's a really good way to bring back regulars and keep in touch with customers. So that's that's uh, that's Loyal Blocks, what they call the first automatic mobile loyalty program launched. Um, I, I don't did these guys these guys launch this week? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you sound so impressed. Eh? Yeah. Like, uh, um, yeah. You know, I, I just, I, you know, I, I always question anything when it comes out and says, you know, the first automated anything. Um, it's not the first. I mean, reality is, is, you know, Shopkick does this. A number of people have these kinds of systems where if the consumer has an app, you know, it can automatically check them in and, uh, you know, uh, create some sort of engagement around that. You know, I think what's, what's, interesting about this story. I, I don't want to completely slam this thing. I, I think I think what's interesting is, so first of all, there's there's two pieces to this. There's a consumer app uh, component, and then there's a merchant app component. Uh, it's Android only. I should point that out. Android only. So this is not an iPhone uh, thing at all. Um, these guys are only running in New York at the moment. Um, so, so it's pretty limited uh, on where it is. Um, but the idea here is, is that a merchant basically uh, downloads this uh, you know the the merchant app or business app piece of this um, on a tablet or whatever handset they have it creates some sort of an interact what they call an interactive zone uh, around you know around that device is how I understand it um, that's running the app, the app so, so for me and again I, there's nothing about the technology in, in what I read in terms of you know the details of how it works my assumption based on what I'm, I'm reading here is that they're saying the interactive zone is being generated off of this merchant app piece. So my only guess is is that they're using Bluetooth or something you know that's uh, that's in the device itself uh, to push out uh, some sort of a zone from that device. Um, and if that's the case, then you know I, I think this is pretty limited in terms of you know how, you know how big of a of a merchant can take this on. This probably can work really great for small business. You know, really small. You know, like a, a small business, a uh, you know, a baker, a butcher, a hairdresser, or whatever. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I could totally see that kind of thing happening, and that's not where the Shopkicks and all those other guys of the world are going. Um, and if you're trying to build loyalty around that and, and have automatic engagement and have people just come in and 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 you know, sort of have their punch card punched digitally automatically, which is what they're going for here. I get it. I think that makes sense, but. You know, I question from what I've read how they're going about creating these interactive zones, and whether you actually need hardware, you know, installed all around a store, and how that's all going to work. Because if that's the case, then this is no different than any of the other systems that we've seen. Out there. Well, you know, the concept, even if even if the technology is different, even if you have to, you know, you don't have to install hardware, even if it's NFC or Bluetooth or whatever the heck it is, um, the, the, I, I don't think that the merchant cares. I don't think that the consumer cares about the technology. That it's you, you know it's very difficult to differentiate yourself based on technology when the service that you're offering is the same as everybody else. And and what what gives you one versus the other? And I think that you know on a positive side, it looks like from the map of of where they are, uh, if I can pull it up here, um, is uh, pretty significant in the New York area. And you'll you, you'll see it here uh, eventually. 
if I can find it. Anyways, um, I, I saw a map and there was tons of it. They should be putting that front and center on their website, by the way. If you're listening to us right now, uh, Loyal Blocks, you should be putting that right. You should actually list the companies that are using you as their loyalty cards because that's an enticement for me to be able to actually be a part of this. So, so for Yeah, and so for me, again, the way I've read this thing, it looks like a really good small business right, solution. Right. And that's a, a really good small business solution around, around loyalty and seamless engagement for the consumer. And if that's what you're doing, then go at it and continue to continue to grow because that's not the market that some of these other guys are in. And and I like it from that perspective. But that's not clear and apparent from your, your marketing uh, messaging out there. So uh, the, the CEO's name, uh, Ido Gaver. Yep. Um, uh, Ido Gaver, I don't, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and I apologize if I'm not. Uh, but get in touch with us. We'd love to learn more about this thing, yep. and uh, you know, happy to have you on the show and talk about it. Uh, you know, for 10. You definitely will. And you know, I, I think that there's a play here for uh, that hyper local uh, company like this. I really do. And we we all talk about yep. this. Is that you, you know, every, everybody thinks uh, international. I think neighborhood. Right. You can make a great living within your neighborhood, um, especially enabling the companies that that just can't do this on their own. And based on the map that I saw, there's a there are hairdressers and bakers and and those kind of things and butchers. Um, but I think that in order to make this a true success, you've really got to be able to uh, have some continuity uh, and have some have some connection points, like, like what we saw with Kraft, Five Guys, Feeding America, Foursquare, and Facebook, uh, and Nestle. And uh, what these guys are doing is they're creating a full loop here. So if I buy something at the butcher, then I get points, you know, uh, yeah. and and then I can redeem them at the baker, or I can, you know, what I mean. You create that little network inside of a city, and you own yes. that city. And I think that that's one of the things that's missing in all these things. You can have a thousand points that offer this, but it doesn't make a difference if I can't if I can't benefit from using them across the different points. Exactly. So, you know, I'd love to hear from these guys. Loyal Blocks, maybe I'll reach out. We'll see if we can get you on the show. And uh, and if you're there, if, you, if we haven't reached out yet, just ping us, please. And and we'd love to have you on the show to talk about what you guys are doing. You know, we're often wrong. At least I am. Asif is, is more right than wrong. As my <laughs> wife says. Yeah. Okay. My wife tells me, it's like, I'm seldom right and wrong again. All right, our fifth story. Uh, this is a short one. Simply that uh, Facebook, we've seen this in the news a lot with uh, Facebook and with Twitter uh, these past couple of weeks, is that uh, they seem to be putting on the afterburner on ideas on generating income, right, on revenue. And Facebook, well, like Twitter... I mean, they got, they have to. I mean, like, the, the stock is in the tank. Um, you know, they got to do something. Um, I mean, it seemed to stabilize a little bit this week. Yeah, uh, it's, it's... But yeah, so, so Facebook's been testing offers, uh, you know, or deals uh, for a little while now. Um, you know, I haven't personally seen a ton of success with it. They're, you know, they're quoting in this story uh, some, uh, you know, some uh, campaign that they did with uh, the uh, Aria Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Um, but um, you know, as, as, and, and that I mean, it looks like a successful campaign from what they're talking about the numbers there. But basically, what they came out and said was, um, if, if you're a merchant and you're going to run a, a Facebook offer now, you're going to pay at least five bucks to run that offer. Um, there's there's no charge for the users uh, or consumers on uh, on Facebook to claim that offer, um, but basically if you if you're running an offer, there's a charge now, uh, and, and it's it's a minimum of five dollars. Okay, you know it's, there you go. I, I, they have to <laughs> pretty simple story, yeah, and they have to do it, and like you know they have to start making money, and and um, and this is uh, I mean five bucks, spend five bucks. Right, um, they have the most targeted data on the planet because every one of us has given it up voluntarily. Voluntarily, we are the product, so they are now making five dollars off of us. 
They're making 3.5 billion exactly. impact. I just um, this isn't the be all and end all. This isn't this isn't how they're going to make their billions and billions of dollars to make up their market cap. But at least they're starting to think like a real company, like a revenue generating company. It just seems so so nickel and diming though. Anyways, so they're charging for offers. I like how they did that though. They've been trialing it, right? Just like Google's beta program where they don't commit to actually deploying or they don't commit to anything. So this was just a trial, and now we're going to start charging, and then it becomes official. Exactly. All right. Those are the five stories. Right. Rolling Stones, man. That was my favorite one. I really like what these guys are doing. Um, and But I love the five guys. I mean, they're all... Yeah, I'm all yeah, over you that know what? All great five. Great, great, great stories. If you have a story that you'd like to see on the show, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to feature some of the stories, user-submitted stories. If you find something that is so unique, so cool, so amazing... Like uh, like the Five Guys story, like uh, the Rolling Stones augmented reality story, reach out. We'll, we'll we'll put it in there. We love it. It just don't send us the same boring stories like the iPhone was released, blah 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 blah. Maps don't work, blah 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 blah. Who cares about that? We want to bring innovation, and these five stories showcase just that. So thanks to C for for curating that and bringing it to us. Wicked, wicked, awesome. No problem. All right, so we I I got. You know, I've had a, a really uh, great role these, these last uh, couple of weeks for Untether.tv. Um, I've, I've had some of the most amazing guests um, on, you know, certainly over 400 plus entrepreneurs uh, have been uh, featured on Untether.tv and, uh, you, you know, getting a little bit more sophisticated, which is really cool. Sophisticated in the users or sophisticated in the guests we're getting and actually, you know, I, I might actually be getting a little bit smarter in the questions that I ask. You know, I don't ask what's your favorite color or do you like Bruce Springsteen anymore as my opening two questions. But so some of these companies that you've never heard of that are doing some amazing things and I'm trying to extract a little bit of advice out of these things. And, and here is a clip from one of these things. Uh, this is a session that will be up this week on Untether.tv. It features Lars Albright, who is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Session M. And what's interesting about this is that uh, Session M is, uh, who is Lars? Well, Lars is the guy that founded Quattro Wireless. Quattro Wireless was the company that Apple bought, then took that team and put them on the iAds program, and then built out iAds. And he has stepped away from Apple, started Session M, and here is, I asked him, like, where do people start with mobile advertising? Simply because, you know what, people suck at it. And I want to help people get better at it. And so does Lars. So I asked him, I said, point blank, I said, Lars, where do people start? And this was his response. It's a short clip. The whole episode will be up online on untether.tv this week. But enjoy this. This is Lars Albright, the co-founder and CEO of a company called Session M. Enjoy. Speaking with uh, Lars Albright, who is the uh, co-founder of Session M. He was also the co-founder of Quattro and a uh, senior VP in Apple and uh, one of the co-creators, I suppose, of iAds. We'll just... Nobody from Apple listens to this anyway, so you can lie all you want here, Lars. All right, I'd like to take um, a few minutes about uh, to talk about uh, four or five, or a, you know, a couple uh, really specific techniques for um, mobile ad engagement. Like you know, the, the experience that you've had has been phenomenal, and you've seen this industry grow up to where we are right now. You you have an idea of where it's going, but you know, from from a, a layman's term, how? How, where do people start with this stuff, you know, and, and how do they get engaged? And then what, they, what, what should they be building on? What should they be looking at? How do they um, augment their, their mobile advertising uh, experience? Because a lot of them aren't, aren't succeeding very well. And uh, it's got to be frustrating and it could really hamper this industry if they go away feeling, you know, mobile advertising. 
uh, advertising doesn't work. And we, we all know that done right, it's a pretty effective tool. So where would you, how, how, would, you, how would you start them off here? Sure. Well, I think you know, the first place to, to start is you've got to think beyond the banner. Like, don't just don't just check the box in mobile if you're, you're advertising and say, so you know, hey, I uh, I spent my you know 50 grand in mobile. I blasted out banners. I got a 0.6 percent click through rate. Something happened after. I'm not sure if it worked really well, uh, but, but I did mobile. I'm happy that I did mobile. I can tell my you know, superiors I did mobile. So so you got to shift away from that. This shouldn't be about checking the box. This should be about what can I do to really connect with the consumer. Uh, that's one thing. You know, the other is think about the audience you want to reach and and what the right creative experience is going to be with that audience. So uh, you know, for example, I talked about that American Family Insurance, but that was a pretty cool. They, you know, they thought about the audience. They they identified it to 13 DMAs, 13 cities. Uh, they thought about something that would resonate to this demographic, kind of a younger demographic. So we came up with an interesting game experience. So you know, think audience and what's the experience that's going to resonate with that audience. Um, Transparency is maybe the third bucket I look into, really, you know, particularly on performance. Uh, you know, understanding truly how things perform across the various channels. Uh, you can't necessarily expect from the networks full transparency into all the apps or publishing partners specifically, um, because by nature, if you work with premier partners, they're going to be a little bit protective on full transparency. But you certainly want to understand how things did uh, across your different channels and, and what type of um, advice you can get in terms of what you saw. And, is there anything unique about the program that gives you data? Like our, our system can tell you more about what did people redeem from a reward standpoint. All that kind of comes back into informing your, your experience. Um, you know, those are a few, I, I guess, you know, thinking more about uh, the post-click action you want to drive. You know, what is it that you want someone to do after they've watched an ad experience is important. Um, because if done correctly, you really can shift a lot of traffic into that. So think about that. Uh, and the last one I say, you know, you got to embrace value exchange. You know, I'm a big believer that if you give value, you show the consumer that you are recognizing, rewarding, and appreciating their time. You know, going back to that shifting 27 times an hour, you've got to give them a reason why uh, they should invest with your brand. And our belief is you've got to incorporate this value exchange and uh, give them something of, of uh, a value that they that can go redeem for things they want. And that was uh, Lars Albright, the co-founder and CEO of a company called Session M. Go to sessionm.com. Uh, this guy is somebody that we should be listening to simply because he's he's had the the greatest vantage point from a lot of these companies that he's he's co-founded or founded and exited from. And uh, now he's starting to uh, you know back on that that entrepreneurship treadmill again with with Session M. So I thank Lars for being a part of Untethered.tv and also allowing us to use this clip on this week in location-based marketing. Uh, you know, anytime I can bring some advice in, I'm going to do that. And I think that that's exactly what we need to be doing in a show like this. Uh, certainly, every once in a while, let's take a step back and uh, feature some advice. So that was Lars. Really appreciate it. Sessionm.com. And that's it. That is our featured guest of the week. If you want to be on the show, like I think we've called out uh, Loyal Blocks. We've certainly called out Facebook a bunch of times. Uh, we would love to have Nestle. Anybody who's won a product or who has actually participated in the Nestle, like here's some opportunities for you guys to be on the show. We'll get you on. We'll do a little clip like that. It'll be great. Same quality. Be great. Yeah. All right. What do you say we jump into? I think one of the most contentious stories of the week uh, in the funding news. Uh, we've got two fundings. One of them about mm, that small, right? Little, 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 small. And one of them, yeah, one of them like. So big implications. Yeah, small funding, big implications. Big funding, small implications. Eh, 
Isn't that funny, eh? First story, big funding. We cannot, you cannot go anywhere without hearing about Square and their $200 million funding uh, latest round on a $3.5 billion valuation. Crazy insanity is, is just overflowing in the, in the Bay Area. This is, this is a ridiculous valuation. Uh, this company is not worth that much money. And it certainly, uh, it, 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 like, I don't even know what to say about this. I'm, I'm you, you, caught in a hype cycle. With Square? Is that what we're in right now, Asif? It's crazy money. Yeah, I, I think I think it's, well, first of all, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think the devaluation is ridiculous. I mean, you know, like Instagram, like, you know, Groupon, like all these things. I mean, these, these valuations are just way out of control now. Um, they just don't make sense. Um, however, I think of all the companies in this space at the moment, you know, this is one that is starting to get some good traction. Uh, they're starting to get the merchants uh, on board. Uh, you know, obviously Starbucks is part of this funding. Uh, you know, Twenty-five of the two hundred million is coming from Starbucks. We, uh, you know, we talked about that a few weeks ago on the show, and and obviously Starbucks is rolling this out. And when you see a chain like that get behind it, and you hear about McDonald's, you know, starting to do stuff uh, around this, which we've talked about recently as well. You know, we're starting to see the the movement now towards this. You know, I, I mentioned at the, at the at the top of the show that I'm you know a week from now I'm in Chicago for exactly this discussion, which is you know all the retailers are going to be there. You know, from Walgreens to Target to Walmart to you know you name it, they're all going to be there, and they're all going to be talking about payments, and they're all going to be talking about Square and PayPal and Merchant Customer Exchange and all this stuff. Um, and, and there's just it's a hype cycle. There's a lot of discussion around it. Nobody knows where they're going yet. The ISIS guys are, are falling off the ma the map right yeah. now because the iPhone doesn't support NFC, and they're like downplaying it like they don't care, but they do care, and they've delayed you know all their. They're crying right now. To the end of the year, now they're not. They're supposed to be launching like now this yeah. week or yeah. next week, and now there's nothing happening because they don't know what to do with themselves. Um, th there's a lot of issues right now. There's a lot of confusion. Um, you know, two hundred million bucks for these guys uh, coming from City Ventures. Uh, Ritz v. Traverse Management, uh, obviously Starbucks we've mentioned, they've raised $341 million in total now. Uh, they're going to need a whole lot more to, to, uh, to compete in this space, but they're making progress. The valuation sucks. Yeah, you know, I am 100% behind this uh, with you on this is that, um, you know, they've got big players on this. And it's obvious that, that Square is the thing that everybody is, is uh, betting on right now. And, you know, I can't blame them. Really, quite frankly, you know, would you? Uh, you? You know, when something gains this kind of momentum, you just flow with it. I think, and that's that's what they've done. Yeah. And I, I always I always believe this is that you know what they put so much money that's over three hundred fifty million dollars that's been invested in the company, and and the momentum is is incredible. They have a you know they're trans they're doing eight billion dollars in transactions right now, uh, which is not to me like that's not revenue for them. We always got to remember that they only get a small percentage after they pay all the interchange fees and all you know all the credit card processing fees and the banking fees and actually pay the merchant for the goods that have been transacted they get a small amount their their, their margins are razor thin yeah right so sure. this is a total volume play they're going to use this money to expand internationally they're going to do they're going to they're going to they're going to blow up hopefully we give them in canada so we understand what this is because exactly so the minute they bring it to canada I'm, I'm like ready to go like i i'm ready to use this stuff for our events and, and get going and, and and play with yeah. it um you know the one thing that, that that always crops into my mind every time i hear about square is when are we going to see the relationship between? I mean, obviously, this is you know, 
Jack, Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey yeah. uh, is the, one of the founders of this company. Um, also the founder of Twitter. When are we going to see those two things start to come together? When are we going to see you know some of that you know uh, co-ownership uh, start to sh- uh, share some benefits? When are we going to see the, tweet to pay? You know the, the location-based uh, offer pushed out through Twitter and redeemed on yeah. Square. When are we going to see that happen? Well, I think that when you start to get into loyalty, that's exactly what you're going to have: location-based right. tweets pushed out from a location. Huge, huge potential there, and and to me, that's one of the big things. That, you know, the feather in the cap that's sitting there waiting to. Uh, so what if you what if we did this? What if we said, listen, you know, Twitter has staved off acquisition rumor after acquisition rumor after acquisition uh, offer, and all you know they've just said no, 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 no. They're they're struggling right now to come up with their own revenue model. They've closed off all the developers. They killed uh, just uh, uh, you know they basically killed API access. Yep. They're doing all of this in order to be able to close this up so that they can actually make money off of it. What if and, and then you got Square. Square is ramping for an IPO. Damn straight they're ramping for an IPO. They don't raise this much money and then hope to generate some revenue. There's going to be an exit. It's going to be an IPO or some major uh, you know, major financial institution is going to buy it. But I would say that they're going to actually go with an IPO. So picture this. Square goes IPO, buys Twitter. Two exits for the same guy. What do you think? Uh, I like it. You know? Well, I, I like probably it. some kind of SEC issue around that. But... Uh, but but if you start to think about it, if you start to think about yeah. the best place now, all of a sudden where Twitter can fit, it you know we we, we both uh, you know agreed that that an Instagram Twitter combination would have been great, would have been the perfect marriage because of the traffic that they, I mean they're they're so closely related compared to Facebook, and uh, and in hindsight Twitter should have upped the ante and, and made that acquisition. Um, but uh, but so where does Twitter where does that leave Twitter? Twitter could be a great commerce engine. That follows through with you know their their um, their paid uh, twi- you know Twitter posts and I think that who knows maybe Square you heard it here could be crazy. Hey, don't forget Pinterest is still yeah there. Pinterest that's a flash in the pan it's a dead technology we won't be talking about Pinterest <laughs> next year. Yeah anyway we'll we'll talk about them another we day. will all right so that you know two hundred million dollars uh, on a three point five billion dollar uh, valuation crazy craziness three point five billion dollars. Uh, not as crazy as Facebook's hundred billion dollar valuation on three point five billion in revenue. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. So, um, all right. So, uh, second second uh, small funding a company called Mapbox raising. Actually, this isn't even a raise. It's like a grant, right? It's like it's a, it's a this is an open yeah. source uh, mapping platform that uh, that obviously Apple has adopted uh, for their for their latest iPhone. Um, and you know, if I was Apple, I'd be like, hey, uh, here's a billion, make it work. Right, but they got five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars to to do what? To make sure that you don't drive into the middle of uh, the San Francisco Bay when you're looking for, you know, a convention center. What? What is this? Yeah. So op- Open Street Map. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously it's an open source mapping platform. Everybody, you know, and their brother, including Apple. You know, we talked. We've talked about this. Uh, you know, obviously I'm, I don't want to dwell on this too much. We're we're here to talk about you know the funding piece. Uh, 575 grand from the Knight Foundation um, a grant, as you say. Um, but but the point is, is that everybody and their brothers have been moving away from Google Maps because you know they they started charging. Hey, they wanted to make money. They started charging, and uh, and nobody liked it. And so everybody said, oh, forget about Google Maps. We're going to go with uh, OpenStreetMap. Um, and obviously, there's problems with OpenStreetMap. It's not quite uh, as accurate as it needs to be. And um, so here's hundred five hundred seventy five to make it better. But yeah, I mean I'm with you. Like you know, Apple throw, just you know throw them some cash and let them fix the thing. Um, 
it's it's not not as easy as that. We're being very uh, very silly uh, in our comments around that. Obviously, there's there's a lot of sophistication in building out you know great mapping data. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? You know, and a lot of work. So I, I got an iPhone five. I fully admit it. You know, I, I didn't have to stand in line for it, but I got it, and uh, I love this device. It's fast. You know, so I decided. Listen, I'm not going to install any mapping software except for the mapping software that comes with with the native um, mapping software on, on iOS. And I, I was a Navigon guy forever. That's what I used. I used Navigon, and I thought, you know, it's so slow and bulky, and it's like takes up so much, uh, you know, space on uh, hard drive space on the device. And um, so I said, I'm just going to go with the iOS maps. And I was out today. We were going out to Gatineau Park, which is, uh, you know, a great greenbelt uh, uh, park um, for a big hike. And uh, you know what? I, I used I tried to use the the uh, the iOS maps. It, it didn't know where I was going. Then I said, listen, I'm going to download Waze because I want to try this open source stuff and I want to get involved in this. And I, and I tried to use it. and It was terrible. The experience was terrible. Uh, so then I ended up going on to the mobile version of Google Maps and it found it. Um, so I'll tell you one thing is that the experience that uh, nothing compares to the very first experience that I had with Navigon. It finds everything for me. It is it is robust data. I was one of those idiots that spent ninety nine dollars on that app. Now it's like you know two dollars ninety nine cents. But uh, you know what? They have a long way to go. I hated Google Maps as well, though. I hated that application for wayfinding and directions. I think it was just a terrible user yeah. interface, terrible experience. Navigon to me really still wins the day for uh, for uh, for navigating the way that I want to navigate. Maybe I'm just used to it, but today was a total failure for all mapping software except for Navigon yeah. on my on my iOS device. So I don't know what that says. Yeah. No, you know, and in a slightly related story, you know, again, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, be jumping all over the map here, but uh, <laughs> you like you like that reference jumping yeah, all nice. over the map. Nice, I like it. I kind of um, that. Yeah. Amazon uh, also came out this week and said that they were uh, going to be building their own mapping service uh, on top of the new uh, the new Kindle Fire platform. Um, but isn't that is that so, going to be is that going to be um, uh, Danny Moon's company up, up next? Yes. Yeah. So obviously they acquired Up yeah. Next, which we talked about a, you know a few shows back, and so they're they're, they're taking that as a base platform and and uh, working from there and going to be uh, you know obviously releasing their own like Apple releasing their own mapping platform you know also moved away from Google wow. so hey listen we we've talked about this many times and now we're starting to see this in the media and I want to remind everybody I don't we don't often do this but we've talked about the decline of Google we've talked about the impact that all of this is having on Google Siri the walk away from search, the walk away from YouTube. We've talked about this, saying that, listen, Google is going to be the next company in jeopardy. I'm not talking about bankruptcy, but there are going to be questions around Google's ability to generate revenue because everybody's walking away from it. And the biggest thing is their impact on search. Search and mobile is going to kill Google's revenue. And you heard that. You heard this here, maybe like episode number 60 or something like that. So I just, you know, I like to bring that up every once in a while. We're not right. We don't want to be right. But when the mainstream media starts picking up this uh, this chain of thought, you guys should be listening to us. That's all I'm going to say. I scold you for not listening to us, right, Asif? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Mapbox. We don't know what we're talking about. I mean, come sometimes, on. Sometimes, sometimes we actually do. Sometimes we do. <laughs> all right, so uh, Square Square yeah. closes two hundred million. Mapbox gets a little bit of five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. That's like a like a friends and family round. You know, like the donate button on their website. That's that's how much they raised there. They need some more money if we want to make this uh, an open source world for these mapping uh, technologies. I, uh, you know, I love the concept of what they're doing. I love what Waze is doing as well. I love the fact that companies are taking taking charge in this. But drop a bunch of million dollars in it. You can afford it, guys. All you guys, Amazon, Apple. Spend some money on these guys. Make them competitive to what's out there already. Don't let one company own all the data 
open open this up and spend some money. If you guys got funded, if you're out there getting funded, getting some money, putting some backsheesh in your pocket, we'd like to hear about it. Reach out and let us know. We'll put you on the show right between Square and Mapbox. That's where you're, that's where we would have put you right there. Sometimes maybe on top. Sometimes, sometimes the smallest amount of money makes the most significant difference. And that's what we want to hear about. So please reach out, untethered.gmail.com or see at the LBMA. Last thing, our resource of the week, Asif. We're not gonna, we're not gonna, um, you know, destroy this. But um, hey, you know what? It turns out that mobile ad click-throughs, well, they rise as users get closer to the location they're trying to get to. And uh, I would say to you, click-through rates don't matter. But let's talk about this. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. Um, I mean, it's an interesting study. So this is coming out of uh, Yellow Pages Group. Uh, put put this data out. They're basically saying that uh, mobile ad click-through rates rise 1.48 times uh, higher than the average rate uh, when a user gets to within uh, one two miles away from a business. So, so the idea that they're going for here is the closer you get to approaching the business that you want to get to or a, or whatever business that uh, is the target yeah you get a higher click through rate uh, on uh, people are actually responding to to the mobile ad um, I, I'm with you Rob I'm not sure the click through is what matters here what, what what matters is is that you know you're you're getting engagement people are buying products you know money's being spent um, and there's a lot of other things that I think are, are much more relevant than this but um, you know the point with any of these kinds of studies like this is, you know, from an advertiser perspective or an ad agency perspective that's representing a brand is if you need some data to support, you know, a, a decision. Here's some data to support a decision. There you go. You've got, you've got you your spin data. Spin it however you want. You have got your data. You can spin it any way you want. But um, know this: that when they talk about click-through rates, which you see up here, mobile ad click-through rate click-throughs rise as users get closer. When when you start taking, talking click through rates, it, it might be fine for this year. It might be fine right now. A year from now, you got to change that language. It is not about click through rates. It is not about banner ads. It is not display advertising. That is all going to die. It can't die fast enough. And quite frankly, uh, you know the the challenge I have with this data is that you know they say, listen, definitively, hey, click through rates rise as users get closer, and then they say when when they're between zero and one mile away. The click-through rate actually declines from when they were from one to two miles away, which doesn't make any sense. You can't do a conclusive, you know, you can't suggest that it's conclusive if the closer I get, if I'm standing three feet away, and in fact the click-through rates have gone down. Doesn't work. Don't believe this. Click-through rates are bullshit. Get over it. We got to move past this, or else we are going to get stuck in the whole garbage web world where 1.4% yeah. I mean, click-through rates. Let's look at let's look at metrics like you know, how, yeah, did it increase my footfall? Yeah. What was the numbers there? You know how many people checked in at the store. You know how many people. You know if I if I pushed a deal to them, how many redeemed. people redeemed the deal? Um, you know, and when I redeemed that deal, how many people did I share that deal with? There's a whole bunch of other metrics that I think are much more relevant than than this. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, this data. You know, while I, I could see how you could spin it um, in some ways to support a a, a spend decision, it, it, it's really it's really deceptive. It is. It is. And and yellow pages. 
consider your source like you know uh, yellow pages right this uh, this is uh, about advertising for those guys they're trying to hold on to the last piece of the thing that made them all that money in the 80s right where you used to pay to be in the yellow pages now most of you out there who are listening to this don't even know what the yellow pages is anymore right so um has have never had a yellow pages land on the on your uh, on your doorstep and have never actually had to refer to yellow pages so you got to think about where the source is coming from these guys want you to advertise with them in their network so uh, you know what i, I i'm going to call uh, like eject gong bullshit on this whole thing and uh and let's carry on without uh, understanding what uh, what a click through rate is let's just let's just not even learn next generation of entrepreneur next generation of business should never hear the word click through rate that's my view just like the yellow pages you'll never know what a yellow pages actually is other than yellow pages company all right so roast it up yeah. like all right that was our resource of the week mobile ad click throughs rise as users gets close users get closer Focus on metrics, folks. Just focus on the things that you know are going to drive your business. Who cares if they click on your banner ad? What product did they buy? As Asif said, right? What's the conversion rate? How much money did it make you? That's what you guys should be focused on. What a way to celebrate Bruce Springsteen's birthday, man. The only thing that could have been... <laughs> now go out and buy a Kit Kat already. Go buy a Kit Kat. Go listen to Bruce. Eat some chocolate. Win 10,000 pounds and follow this guy everywhere, right? That's exactly what you... And find a gorilla with big Yeah, lips. this is exactly... That's, these, these are the lessons you've learned today on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Well, I appreciate you guys sticking around uh, throughout this whole show. Uh, we love the feedback that we're getting. Hit us up with some more. Uh, we love the tweet love that we're getting. We are now syndicated on uh, on a new the Wireless Industry Industry Professionals website, which is great. Thank you guys. Welcome to that audience. We really appreciate uh, being a part of uh, this website. We love what Carolyn and her team are doing over there. And of course, we are always syndicated every fr it's Friday, right? With with yep. Street Fight Mag, uh, we love being a part of the uh, Street Fight Mag. Uh, uh, family as well. Uh, obviously, what we're doing is we're hitting a nerve here with, uh, and we're filling a sweet spot with this podcast. So it's thanks to you guys, the fine viewers, the fine listeners, the fine contributors, and you, the companies out there that are taking a gamble and doing these things that allowing us to criticize the hell out of them. We really appreciate you yeah, letting us do by that. By the way, if anybody else is out there, uh, any other media organizations that that are you know listen to this, and you want to syndicate it to, you know, just reach out to us. We're we're very open yeah. to that kind of thing. Um, you know, we're happy to share the content. We're spreading the wealth. So we will do this again next week for episode number 97. The last one in September. Man, God, I can't believe it already. We will be here for next week's episode number 97 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Until then, safe travels. And please, send us your stories. We'd love to feature them. Asif, have a great week, my man. Enjoy LA. You too, Rob. See everybody.